Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. You're listening to Season 4 of Confessions of a New Grad. This podcast is an ongoing story, so if you haven't listened to the first three seasons yet, I'd recommend starting there. Also, just a heads up, there is some swearing and adult themes in this show. Chapter 47, The Biggest Fan Okay, I said. I think that's everything. Are you sure? Apollo asked. I don't want to miss anything. Let's get it all out now. No more holding things back or pretending we're fine when we aren't. I really want this to work, Brooklyn. We were nose to nose on our bed. Brie had, correctly, deduced that Apollo and I needed some alone time once it had been established that he was not, in fact, cheating on me. After she had shepherded Gemma and Lana away, Apollo and I got into it. It wasn't a fight, but it was intense. We laid it all out, all of our cards, face up, on the table. No jokers, no tricks. Just the truth, even if we were afraid to say it. And we listened, really listened. To what the other had to say. It was terrifying. It was sad. We both cried a few times, and it took hours. We melted from table to the couch to the bed, running laps around our problems, thinking of new problems, explaining how when one of us did this, it made the other feel like that, so if we needed to do this, it was best to do it in that way, and so on and so on until the sky began to fade to light blue. It was odd. After dating Apollo for five years, I felt like I knew him. And I did, but there were so many sides of him I didn't see until that night, when we finally took the time to turn them over. Brooklyn? Yeah? Is there anything else? I sighed. I was so tired. We had talked about our differing ideas about where to live, my worries about not being where I wanted to be in my career before getting married and having kids, my trust issues, which I didn't think I'd had anymore, but evidently after tonight, still did. He'd said he was willing to compromise on the housing, that he wouldn't bring up kids again until I was 31, and that he understood the trust issues, given how things started between us, but I could look through his phone right now if I wanted to, and I wouldn't find anything. I think that's everything from my end, I said. What about you? I can't think of anything else, he said. I just... What? I just love you, and I want to be with you. I love you too. I know. But love isn't enough. Not for something to last and be happy long term. We have to choose each other, even when it's hard, even when we don't want to. I know I'll do that every day with you. I... And I know you aren't sure if you feel the same way yet, he said, looking as though every word cut as he said it. And that's okay. I love you. I love you so much. I want you to be happy. I hope it's with me, but 
If it's not, then that's okay too. Take your time and see how things go after what we talked about. I nodded. Okay. And then he was kissing me really hard. As if he was trying to remind me, or maybe fully show me for the first time, how much he loved me. And as I let myself melt into him, I wished and hoped with every part of my body that we were going to work out. The next morning, which was actually only a few hours after Apollo and I finally went to bed, I woke up to Lana calling me before my alarm had even gone off. Ugh, why is this ringing? I demanded, turning it off and rolling over. Apollo pulled me into him, and we enjoyed what felt like one glorious minute of cuddling before my alarm went off. We both groaned and sat up, rubbing our eyes. I made my way to the bathroom. When I was getting out of the shower, a bleary-eyed Apollo came in, holding my phone out helplessly. She's very shrill. I, I can't understand it. Even from this distance, I could hear Lana shrieking away on the line. I put the receiver to my ear, winced because that was way too loud, and held it at arm's length instead. Lana, what? Brooklyn, is that you? Thank God! Apollo is not very chipper in the morning, is he? Lana, we've got to go to work. Can I call you back later? No, 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 no! Do not hang up! I've called you like 17 times! Is it that hard to deactivate the do not disturb setting on your phone? Or do you two take, like, those sleeping pills that basically make you die for a few hours or something? Lana, the point in one minute or less, please, or I'm hanging up. Wow, rude. Apollo's morning grumpiness is clearly rubbing off on you, and I must say, it's not very becoming. 30 seconds, Lan. Well, you hardly deserve the good news I've got with that attitude. But because I love you, listen to the Lowbrow Podcast, episode 357. You've interrupted our morning to give us a podcast recommendation? Apollo looked disgusted. No! Well... Yes, actually. I love that show. Do you not listen, Brooklyn? Seems like the type of thing you'd be into. No, I'm not really into podcasts, I reminded her. Lana was always going off about how great podcasts were, but up until recently, I'd been confused about what they even were. She'd been trying to get me into the true crime ones for ages with no success, so I wondered why she thought this new tactic of barging into my and Apollo's busy weekday morning would yield any more success. Okay, first of all, that's a disgrace, Brooklyn. Podcasts are amazing, and you'd love them and should really get on the bandwagon. And secondly, you're on this one, so I'm what? Okay, well, not you, per se, but your Inkblot series is. What do you mean? Okay, so The Lowbrow is a show all about pop culture, like, you know, lowbrow things. And each week, they feature a new book or series, and I guess somehow they found yours on Inkblot, so they're talking about it. There are podcasts about books? Oh my god, yes, Brooklyn, there are millions of podcasts. There's true crime ones, there's ones about health, there's documentaries, there's even fiction ones. You should actually get into that. But anyway, this one, The Lowbrow, is about pop culture, but every week they kind of have like this book, movie, slash TV show club episode. Sometimes they even interview authors and stuff. You should pitch yourself to them. Pitch myself? My second alarm went off. We had to leave the house in 10 minutes and my head was spinning. Here, I just texted you the link to the episode. Listen on your lunch break or after school or whatever, and congrats, love you. Gotta go, I have a client. She hung up. Apollo and I stared at each other. Congrats, babe. Look at you. If you hurry, we can listen to the first part of it in the car if you want. As we drove out of the parkade, I anxiously pressed play and heard a jingle-like tune. 
Hello everyone and welcome back to The Lowbrow, a podcast for smart people who love pop culture and a whole load of other dumb things. I'm your host, Natasha. And I'm her co-host, Emily. And today we are bringing you into the wacky, but as we discovered this week, sometimes wonderful world of Inkblot. So first off, we have a confession to make. We were both sick this week and unable to do our usual research before deciding on a book or TV show. That's right, Nat. But the podcast must go on, so we headed into our vault of ideas and rediscovered a pitch we'd done for a deep dive into Inkblot, an online publishing marketplace that is taking the book industry by storm. We'll definitely be doing a deep dive episode into Inkblot in the future, but for now, all you need to know is that it's essentially a place where anyone can publish any book they want. So you can imagine how exciting this is for new and inexperienced authors, right? They've cut out the gatekeepers and can instantly publish their work. And the site boasts millions of avid readers who can interact with the author's work in real time. So it's kind of like traditional publishing meets social media in a sense. It's a great way for new authors to get noticed and get feedback, but of course, since there are no barriers to entry, there's a lot, and we mean a lot, of crap out there. It's like every literary agent's dreaded slush pile on steroids. Oh, right, I pity the editorial team there. Oh, we should explain that now. Yeah, right. So the editorial team is responsible for selecting new books or series of books. Lots of the stuff published on Inkblot comes as a series to feature each month. And of course, these feature spots are highly coveted because if your book gets featured on there, it's basically like having a sign on it that says, okay, not only is this not a pile of crap, it's actually good enough for us to promote because we think we will make ad money by featuring it. Exactly. So because we were both so sick, we put our faith in the editors at Inkblot and decided to just pick one title from their current features this month. They usually highlight about three per month. And for whatever reason, we were both drawn to the Silver Gate series by Brooklyn Winters. Apollo grinned over at me. I clutched the side of my seat. Now, don't get us wrong, it's not the most riveting title we've ever seen, and the cover art was fine, but kind of cheap and generic looking. Yeah, I wish I could tell you what drew us both in, but honestly, I have no idea, Em. Even the first page was pretty basic, and it wasn't until like the end of the third chapter that I started to care at all about what was going on. You know, I'd say I wasn't hooked until quite a bit later than that, but yes, agreed. It wasn't like I was riveted from page one, but we really didn't want to pick another title, so we clogged on, and we're glad we did. So glad. You can tell the author, who we suspect is using the pen name of Brooklyn Winters because we can't find any website or anything associated with her online, took a while to find her footing. Are we sure it's a her, Nat? You know what, you're right. We shouldn't assume, but based on the content, I'd be pretty surprised if a man wrote this. And that's a good thing. This book is so superbly feminine. It's not trying to appeal to men at all, and I love it. Not at all, Em. That's not to say that men can't read it or won't enjoy it, but there is something so delicious about a story and characters that are so authentically told through a feminine voice. But feminine doesn't mean meek or weak or anything like that by any means. Oh no, we'll get into that in our recap section, but suffice it to say, the mermaids and fairies in this series are not the ones you saw on Disney. Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Apollo was nudging my arm. You've got to go to work. I'll pause it and we can listen to the rest later, okay? Uh, okay. I felt dazed. I'm so proud of you. He kissed my forehead, grabbed my arm to study me as I tottered out of the car, 
and drove off. Teaching was a blur. I didn't even know what I was saying to the kids. All I wanted to do was get home and listen to the rest of that podcast episode. I needed to know what they were saying about me. My phone was going off so much that I had to turn it off until lunch, at which time I saw that Lana had wasted no time in bombarding our group chat with the news. This is big, Brooklyn. The lowbrows got a million subscribers. That's a million more people who just got told to check out your book. A million? Oh my god, that's amazing. Congrats, Brooklyn. Yay! Have you noticed any more traffic on Inkplot so far? I logged in and held my breath. The stats page, which told me how many subscribers I had, had been at close to zero for five years. But then, after Inkblot had featured me, the graph shot up steeply to 10k, and then 20. The earning estimation Inkblot had sent me before I had been featured on the podcast had been based off of the nearly 50,000 subscribers I'd had just the other day. But since then, the graph had taken another sudden upturn to 150k which had to be the result of the podcast episode. According to my stats, only about 10% of these were paid subscribers, with the others preferring to have ad interruptions to get the content for free, but that didn't matter. Either way, I was getting paid. I sat back, stunned, already worried about a million things. Was this a one-off? What happened once these people read the books and stopped buying them or stopped viewing the free versions? Could I reasonably expect to make more than three times what I thought I'd be making a month just the other day? Would it be way less? Could it be more? I was too new to this world to know the answers to these questions yet, but I wrote my findings out in the group chat. Yes, Brooklyn, you queen! I could practically hear Gemma cheering. It might be a one-off, I wrote. Oh, shut up, Brooklyn. Do not try and rain on your own parade, Lana wrote. You're basically like a literary influencer now. I'll ask Xenia what she thinks. Influencing is kind of confusing to outsiders, but she makes great money modeling on Instagram, so I don't see why you can't on Inkblot too, as long as you keep writing and releasing new content. Or this might lead to a book deal or something. You never know, Bree chimed in. The point is you've succeeded, Brooklyn. Take a moment. Be proud. Lord knows you've worked hard enough for this. Thanks, guys, I said. And I did. For a whole five minutes, I sat back, closed my eyes, and smiled. Until, Brooklyn, are you asleep? Mary was peering over me. From this angle, I could see several boogers dangling out of her nostrils. Oh, no, sorry, Mary, what's up? I just had a meeting with the board, and we have a million sandwiches and croissants left. Come into my office and have some before I put them into the staff room. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Your phone is quite excitable today, Mary remarked as we sat down and tucked into our sandwiches. 
Sorry, I turned it off. Have you gotten some good news? You're positively glowing. Oh, are you pregnant? No, I almost regurgitated my sandwich in horror. Oh, I wish I was pregnant. Well, what is it then? I, you know how I like to write on the side? Oh, don't downplay your passion, Brooklyn. We both know you're quitting this job the instant you sell your first book. What happened? Well, I've been publishing on this site called Inkblot. I told Mary an abridged version of my recent success in between her gasps of delight and surprise. Brooklyn, this is wonderful news. She ran around to my side of the table and hugged me mid-bite. I was so touched by her support that I didn't even mind that some lettuce had fallen out of her mouth and onto my shoulder. Thanks, Mary, I said, brushing the lettuce tactfully off before she could notice it. Promise me you'll stay part-time for creative writing classes for at least a little bit once you've made it big. I... Because your creative writing class is one of the most requested courses at the school, but as you know, with only one section, it's very difficult for students to get into. The board of directors has acknowledged this, and from a business standpoint, it seems obvious that we should add more sections, but you're still so young, so having this publishing credential under your belt will really help with your credibility when it comes to dubious parents who see no value in their children taking such courses. I'd love to teach more creative writing, I said enthusiastically. Fantastic. Then it's settled. And I know I'm biased because I want to keep you. But I'd say it's a good idea to keep a foot in the teaching door here because at least then you know you've always got the steady income to rely on if anything goes south with the writing. I'm sure it won't, but subscribers, advertisers, sounds a little uncertain to me. I nodded. Mary had a point. And if it's something you love, like creative writing, I'm sure you'll enjoy teaching it, Mary mused. She was speaking for me, but I had to admit that I agreed. If I did cut back to teaching part-time, which I hadn't even decided that I wanted to do yet, even though Mary seemed to think that I had, staying connected to teaching wasn't a bad idea. I did like teaching, I just didn't want to do it full-time. But I loved the kids, and honestly, it kept me sharp always learning new things. Plus, teaching creative writing could only help with my own craft. So, if I did want to cut back to teaching part-time, you'd be okay with that? Of course, but you don't have to decide this instant. Take a few weeks and let me know when you know more about how much money you'll be making from the writing. Thanks, Mary, I really appreciate it. She smiled indulgently at me. Of course, Brooklyn. I don't know if you've noticed, but I tend to play favorites a little bit with you. Oh? You just... Remind me of me in so many ways. Not that I'm a writer or creative in any way, but I just... I feel like I could have been more like you if I'd... She gazed wistfully out the window for a moment, then started and said, But how's everything else? How is that Adonis you're dating? I took a long swig of coffee. Oh no, not trouble in paradise. Brooklyn, he's perfect. I know he is. I want it to work between us, but... But nothing. Make it work, Brooklyn. You have a good man. And you don't want to leave it too late. Leave what too late? Babies! She wailed. Look at me. I insisted on being a career woman. And then, of course, Travis and I fell into a rough patch when I turned 33. And I sort of stalled the whole kids thing. And then finally, at 35, once we had sorted things out... Sorted things out was an interesting way of putting the fact that her husband, Travis, 
had called her fat and ugly and who knows what other abusive things she hadn't told me about, left her for months on end while he was away in Shanghai for business, and pushed her into such a state of depression and insecurity that she'd succumbed to the advances of Todd, our history teacher, who was an idiot. And then after a few hookups at school, one of which I'd accidentally walked in on in the library, and a trip to Whistler, she decided to dump Todd and stay with Travis because she wanted a baby and thought that Travis could provide better than Todd. But anyway, Mary was still talking. I tuned back into her. And the whole process has been a nightmare on my body and my hormones and my weight, not to mention our bank accounts. I know. I'm sorry the last fertility treatment didn't work out. Oh, it's all right. She smiled wryly. We've got one more shot at it before we have to start the whole process again. I'm sure it'll happen eventually. I hope so. But you know, Brooklyn, I don't want you in the same situation. I'm over 40. The chances aren't good. Eggs do spoil Brooklyn. And if you've got a stallion like that, Alan... Apollo. Oh, yes, of course. If you've got a stallion like that who wants to marry you, I say hold on. They don't come around often, or... Ever, in some cases. I won't pretend things are anywhere near perfect between Travis and I, and I was picky in my twenties, so it made no difference. All men turn out the same after you've been together long enough. So what's the point of waiting things out only to become geriatric and unlikely to conceive without the help of science? She closed her eyes in pain. Please do better than I did, Brooklyn, while you still have time. The bell rang at that moment, thank God, and I left feeling nauseous. Yes, of course people, especially women, can't have kids forever, but did that mean that we should make all our romantic decisions based on the fear that if we waited too long we might be infertile by the time we found the right person? I wanted kids, at least I thought I did. But even if Apollo and I were meant to be together, I wouldn't want to start trying for several years anyway. And I was way more afraid of settling and being unhappy in a marriage just because I rushed things rather than potentially being too old to have kids one day. When I got home from work, I found Apollo on the couch, engrossed in his laptop. Hey babe, two secs. I just gotta finish this one thing. For work. He smiled up at me. No problem, I said. I'm gonna go for a run soon if you want to come. Oh, sure. Ten minutes. I got changed, and seeing that he still wasn't done, I lounged on the bed and started perusing through my comments on Inkblot while I waited for him. I was reading through one particularly scything review when the notification banner informed me that MermaidFan25 had sent me a private message. Excited to hear from her, instead of whoever this awful person was, I opened the message. Dear Brooklyn, I just wanted to write and say congratulations on being featured and all your success. And of course, thanks for the hours of entertainment. I knew you could do it. And I have a feeling this is only the beginning. Apollo, I just got the nicest message. I came out into the living room. Oh yeah? He said, pushing the screen of his laptop down and looking slightly shifty. Yeah. Why are you hiding your screen? Oh, uh, it's just work stuff. It's confidential. So. I've seen tons of your work stuff. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's just a reflex. I'll just shut it down and we can go for a run. Apollo, I feel weird. Please tell me there's nothing on there you don't want me to see. There isn't. But I could see from the look on his face that that wasn't true. I'm not going to be the type of girlfriend who demands to see your things. I know you're not. Okay, fine. I really didn't want you to know, but... 
He opened the screen once more and turned it in my direction. Why are you on Inkblot? I asked. He didn't say anything, just handed me the laptop. I frowned at him for a second, not understanding. Then I saw the username in the top right-hand corner. MermaidFan25 Thanks for listening. That's it for this episode. If you want to find out what happens next right now, subscribe in Apple Podcasts to binge all 10 episodes ad-free. Otherwise, the next episode will be out on Monday. If you're enjoying the show, please consider giving it five stars on Apple and Spotify, writing a review, posting it on social media, and telling a friend. This is an independent podcast, so stuff like that really helps get the word out and support the show. Confessions of a New Grad is written, narrated, and produced by me, Greta Craig. Thank you to the Canada Council for the Arts for supporting seasons three and four. For exclusive news and bonus content, you can follow the show on Instagram at newgradpodcast. Music is licensed through Musicbed and Soundstripe libraries. You can find the soundtracks in the episode descriptions. Artwork and script editing are by Rebecca Montgomery. It's turning from